0: how you doing
1: the least enthusiastic
0: i feel like i have to match your super enthusiasm with really muted doldrum (laughs) it only feels right
1: i like the face that accompanied that so just like eh. out of half your mouth you look like a cartoon character
0: yeah most people tell me that anyway
1: it's true and right now your hair is super long, so yeah. it just like accentuates.
0: That them. is going away. I'm. I know.
1: You. I don't hate it though. Yeah. I don't hate it. It's just like I'm not used to seeing you with such long hair.
0: You know what? If it was like long and like reasonably kept and like kind of looks like <laughs> shaped on purpose, this would be fine. But as it is, I feel like I just look like white trash Fabio, like just <laughs> just fat. And long-haired, but with no attempt to do well, anything. Kind of and my dude-like. shirt's always just revealing my belly. And... It's
1: kind of, it reminds me of the dude. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, I'll go with that. Yeah.
0: I prefer to think that that's the case. Yeah. Um. Anyway.
1: I mean, if it makes you feel better, my hair is really long, too. It is
0: very long. <laughs> it is very long. I'm thinking probably just in time for hockey playoffs, I'll end up cutting off all my hair and my beard. Sounds and good. then just grow it back.
1: <laughs> it's November beard.
0: Yeah. It's... Oh, no. Wait, What is... It? What? November beard? November beard? Is that what they call that? I thought it was Movember yeah. for mustaches.
1: I could go either way.
0: <laughs> well, I, we're halfway through it, so there I've... There's
1: so many puns.
0: I've missed my opportunity because we're halfway pumps, through pumps. the
1: month. We'll just do a playoff beard.
0: Yeah, do playoff beard. <sighs> anyway... We are back. It's another week.
1: We're back. We've been doing stuff and Mm -hmm. things. I had another dentist appointment Mm -hmm. and I got my stitches taken out. They're supposed to like come out naturally or degrade. They're the fancy ones. Yeah. But they just never went away. So he had to (laughs) take them out.
0: They just didn't fall apart like they were supposed to.
1: Well, the one girl at the office said they're really good ones. And so they do take longer
0: yeah and because they were in this case
1: yeah they were in the way of what he needed to do so he just took him out
0: all right
1: um but it was i was all healed up i was really concerned so i've obviously have talked about how i've been doing derby and i have to wear a mouth guard for that and I was really concerned that it might be affecting the way I'm healing. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going to get yelled at by my dentist and told that like I can't wear a mouth guard and that it is healing horribly or that I was infected or is there was something terribly wrong. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I deal with mild to moderate levels of anxiety. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if that comes through on the show or not, actually. Uh,
1: I don't know, but it's, it's too woo. And, um, yeah, so I was really worried about that. And he said not a damn thing about it. Good. Not a damn thing.
0: Then you can continue to derb undisturbed.
1: Yeah, Thursday is our last practice before we take a hiatus um, until January. And in the meantime, I'll be, like, practicing on my own and with some of the other new people. We have tentative plans to go to the skating rink together and get some... Practice in and stuff. I
0: cannot hear the word January without thinking of Jan Quadrant Vincent 16 from Rick and Morty. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. Where he says, This January. (laughs) Get ready to Michael down your Vincent. Oh, jeez. It's like the dumbest joke. I seriously can't hear the word January anymore. I'm spoiled for life by the TV I like.
1: You are. We all are. <laughs> I told you just before we started the show. Dave and I have been watching the Great British Baking Show because it's a good bake. It's imperative, and um, I watched several episodes in a row the other night. Yeah, and then was involuntarily speaking in a really poor British accent here's
0: afterwards. The, here's the thing we we had a we had a get together for my my dad's birthday, <laughs> uh, and uh, I told someone. Yeah, Christy said "It's a good bake" like four times. She just couldn't stop doing it. <laughs> like I was
1: also like I was a little bit wine drunk and in yes. a really good mood. Yes. <laughs> and um, just I, I had I, done derby that day, so I also had like a major exercise high.
0: It was just really funny because like you were saying it out of context, like no one yeah, had said. Yeah, I any, don't care. Going, it's a gets good it.
1: bake. I was like, oh, it's an excellent bake. <laughs>
0: It was funny and weird. And, and then we had it.
1: cake because it was your dad's birthday celebration. And someone who had heard me say it multiple times went, Say your catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, Oh, it's an excellent bake.
0: In <laughs> fairness, it was an excellent bake. Uh, it was very good. It was very tasty. It
1: was a good birthday cake. Yeah. <gasps>
0: not really bad birthday cake, is there? There's like mediocre uh, I've birthday had bad cake. bad
1: birthday cake.
0: I've never had bad cake. Mm, i've had cake that didn't wow me
1: i guess that's true you don't you're not a big cake person yeah
0: yeah but i've never just been like ugh ugh.
1: i mean is that a challenge
0: i mean if you want to make a really nasty cake i'll take a bite of it
1: you mark those words
0: <laughs> 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 all
1: right so what, what else is there anything else i don't know
0: pick? it's um we're getting into winter here and that's lame
1: Um, I was discussing with a customer today the fact that it went from, like, very nice and temperate to very cold overnight. And Uh how I just was not prepared for it. I was like, this is why we're supposed to have fall.
0: (laughs) For me, the worst part of winter is that every morning I have to walk out into the garage (laughs) in my underwear to let my dog outside. (laughs) Uh, Why do I have to do it in my underwear? Because I don't want to put on pants that early. And I, this morning... I this self
1: created problem. This I know.
0: I walked out this morning to let him out and I'm in my underwear and I open the door just that halfway so that no one can see I'm right inside of in my underwear. And he goes out and I just do that stiff walk when it's real cold where your 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 fists are just up kind of at your chest like a robot and you're like, Nope, 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 no nope, nope. Um you,
1: you have a robe.
0: I do have a robe. That it's would have made a lot of sense.
1: Exactly this purpose. Yes,
0: but when, when I've just woken up, none of that exists. I'm just a mm, guy in his true. underwear, and the world is an illusion for like the first like three minutes. You're
1: kind of a zombie when you first wake up. Cold air will wake you right the fuck <clears throat> Yeah, the,
0: the 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 universe has no formed structure while I'm just waking up. Mm, I'm just mm-hmm. drifting like in a like a Van Gogh painting.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. It's true, guys. I've seen it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I prefer Chagall.
0: Okay. That's fair.
1: Like a Chagall painting? Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well, it's Van Gogh in my head, so deal
1: uh, with it. Okay. Have you ever seen the Chagall painting, Birthday? Ah. It's really pretty and nice. It's okay. very sweet. It's like a painting about his wife's birthday. It's just like a, a, a guy painting nice things for his wife and always gonna oh, be really happy.
0: The idea of people <laughs> making just nice things is really sweet.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know if you saw, there was a, was it The Chive or something like that I was running an article recently, and it was like, nice allegations, basically. <clears throat>
1: oh, it was about Tom Hanks. Yeah, it
0: was like, a fifth woman steps forward to accuse Tom Hanks of being really nice.
1: Yeah. it In the midst of everything that's happening right now. I know. Um, it made me laugh
0: really hard. It's pretty heartwarming. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that we have that much to report, oh, uh, listener.
1: I think that's pretty good.
0: It's all right. Uh, it's all right. So perhaps it's time to roll right along here and into uh, our news quiz. <gasps> I got some news. Get got the news quiz. Yes, a very exciting and fun portion of our show where we go through two false stories and one true story. I will present them to Christy and she will have to guess which Whoa. of the stories... Is an actual story. Uh, I have a feeling that you're going to just smash this one. I I really do. I have a feeling. I feel like I did a pretty bad job here.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll we'll see because you say that now and then I'm going to fail and then I'm going to feel even worse.
0: (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) We'll just see. Okay. All right. News quiz. Mm -hmm. Story number one. John Lennon's notebook, which was the last honest person at the time of his death, was recently sold at auction for $230,000. It contained a draft of a song about ham and eggs. Okay. Number two. Florida residents Kyle and Jessica Frankenstein (laughs) became parents on Halloween, October 31st, 2017, giving birth to baby Oscar Frankenstein.
1: (laughs) I love the name Oscar.
0: Yeah. With a K, no less. I Uh, I really
1: think they missed out calling him
0: Victor. (laughs) Sure, right? It's
1: Frankenstein.
0: Uh, Frankenstein, please. Uh, Number three, Universal Pictures to refund over 2,000 New Jersey filmgoers for their ticket purchases when a 10-minute Rickroll made its way into theatrical releases of Thor Ragnarok.
1: (sighs) You don't refund anyone for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's 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 an added bonus. It's It's not like it
1: was porn or something i'm not complaining i mean i probably wouldn't even complain if it was porn
0: (laughs) i think i think i was watching thor ragnarok and there was just a bunch of porn in the middle of it i'd be like the story got weird (laughs) yeah but i stuck around to see where it was going
1: yeah i mean (laughs) as long as the rest of the movie was actually in there and none of the real movie got cut out i'd be like all right i mean that was strange but it's fine i didn't miss anything (laughs) there was just
0: some dick all of a sudden was just real weird
1: it's funny how these things happen.
0: I'm, I know there's an Asgard slash ass Garden joke, but I'm just going to walk right past it.
1: Except he didn't.
0: Except I didn't. Nope, nope. I'm just going to point out that it's over there. Okay. I'm not going to touch it. I'm just going to say it's over there. Walk right past it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to hear him again? Yes. Number one John Lennon's notebook, the last on his person at the time of his death, was recently sold at auction for $230,000. It contained a draft for a song about ham and eggs. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Number two, Florida residents Kyle and Jessica Frankenstein become parents. Halloween, October 31st, 2017, giving birth to baby Oscar Frankenstein.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Number three, Universal Pictures refund over 2,000 New Jersey filmgoers for their ticket purchases when a 10-minute Rickroll made its way into a distributed theatrical release of Thor Ragnarok.
1: I'm going to go that the second one, the lovely Frankenstein
0: family, is true. The Frankenstein family. Mm-hmm. You got one.
1: Yeah. You
0: got one. Yes.
1: You want to know my logic?
0: What was your logic?
1: If it was fake, mm-hmm. you are cleverer than naming the baby Oscar. <laughs> you would have named that baby Victor or something else that's a pun.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right, I would have. That's a good that's a good catch. (laughs) I didn't think I'd necessarily put a real stumper on the table, but you just blew right past my vain efforts. Um
1: They were really good, if not for that one little thing that I knew you would have done funnier. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah. You're you're better at naming babies. I like the the criticism that
0: reality is just not as funny as me.
1: It's true, <laughs> especially in this case. It's true. But. I,
0: I want to know what the song about ham and eggs would have sounded like.
1: Uh, maybe similar to the vegetable song by the Beach Boys. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: which is one of I'm my favorite chow things.
0: Chow down my ham and eggs. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> if you brought a big brown bag of them home, I would jump up and down, and hope you toss me some ham and eggs. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, uh, guys. so congratulations. Please. Yay! Yeah, you got one on the board. Uh you
1: guys can't tell but I'm doing a little happy.
0: Doing a little wiggle, I'm doing, doing a little worm wiggle.
1: Snaps. I got America blanket on, so I'm just like burritoed and have then Have we
0: ever said what America blanket is? Yes, we have. Okay. well, okay. It's so just a we big say blanket again, with a bald eagle on it. Yeah, and a flag. <laughs> and it says God bless America. Does it? It does.
1: Oh, I forgot In about that. giant part. letters. Forgot that I actually <laughs> It's half God the blanket. America. I discovered and recently revealed to Dave that um, if I'm on the couch with America blanket on, the dog is very confused. Yeah. It seems it's like a cloaking device. He doesn't know that anything exists under America blanket.
0: Right. Well, he knows that part of you exists under the blanket. Yeah,
1: but I I think because it's really thick, he gets weirded out. Like, he's not sure where the couch is when the blanket is on the couch. Like, it's like the couch disappears. Like,
0: he doesn't want to get so, up on the blanket for fear of falling through into the different right, world. Right. He gets
1: real hesitant. So, I have to pull the blanket up yeah. so he could see that the couch exists.
0: <laughs> it's still there.
1: And then he jumps up. <laughs> it's real cute. It's he's fun. a dummy
0: uh so anyway yeah congratulations you've done good you've done very good i
1: done done it
0: you done hey you had done did it why don't we crack a celebratory really old beer
1: (laughs) yeah so um (laughs) shout out to our friends adam and britney who we went to visit what was that july
0: well we purchased this july 30th it's written on the can from forked creek brewery
1: we never drank it we we never drank it
0: Adding to the hilarity of this is that the beer in particular we bought is Christmas at the Crick. Yeah. Bought in July. Yeah. and being drank almost to the next Christmas. <laughs> so, I to So know we're going to try
1: it now. The, it might be horrible. Would you like
0: to uh, just squeeze the can and give me your initial impressions?
1: Squeeze the can?
0: Squeeze the can.
1: Um feels like a can. Yep. It doesn't feel distorted or anything. It doesn't feel like
0: It also doesn't feel that pressurized. It's true. It feels like we might be about to drink a really flat year old Christmas beer.
1: That's possible, but if my memory serves, this was a dark beer. Yes. So if anything is going to age okay, Uh it would be this.
0: It's uh, 9.6% alcohol by volume. So uh, Yeah. I remember
1: it being strong, but very delicious. So I am excited and nervous to try it because it... Might be very underwhelming.
0: At the time, you and I both chose a beer, I think, and I think this was the one I chose, and I forget which one you chose, but I want to say it was also like a porter of some kind. It yeah. might have actually been that. No, I don't think it was. I was going to say it might have been that one by another brewery, but I don't think they put those in their cans.
1: I the can't one that remember. one was like
0: a, it was like a peanut butter porter or something it was kind a of coconut. If That's it, serves. coconut porter. But I don't think we brought that home. I think we brought home something else.
1: I don't know. I do tend to like porters.
0: Let's let's crack this open. Let's let the microphone capture this sound.
1: Yeah. There's ah, nothing ah, there. Ah, that is flat. That was such a weak sound. That's really that was a way weaker than okay, I thought. Okay, finish it. All
0: right. Mm. Yeah. Listen, listen to that no fizz happening in there.
1: Yeah. Mm. Okay,
0: have a sip. All right. First sip. Going down the hatch. Let's see. Still smells like beer. Even good beer, I dare say.
1: Yeah, so this came from a brewery called Forked Crick.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, It's spelled 4KD, right? Yes, it is. 4KD.
0: It's good. Is it? It's still good.
1: It's a 4KD Crick brewery. Um, It's in a little town called Defiance, Ohio, Mm -hmm. which is where I went to college and met my very best friend, Adam, and later his lovely wife, Brittany. And we went in for a visit and decided to have some lunch at this brewery because after I moved away, they got... A brewery. Yeah.
0: And a <laughs> and, good one.
1: Yeah, the food is excellent. They have, like, games and stuff you could play. They're really cool people there. Yeah. Um, Brittany the, is a potter, and she makes she made these beautiful mugs. There was another potter that made some, too. but
0: Possibly the coolest thing about the place is that for being a sustainer, you can get a mug with your number on it that hangs on the ceiling. Yeah,
1: they keep it there, and then yeah. you can go, and you get, like, a certain percentage of off or something yeah, like I you, you, you get... pay less for your beer yeah. and
0: stuff so in perpetuity which is wild. yeah
1: um it's a great idea and she got to make a bunch of mugs for that which mm-hmm. is really cool all right let me have stop a sip, talking have, have a sip of, of that
0: taste that Tastes that bad boy well
1: it smells really good
0: uh-huh it still tastes very good spiced still it's got that great you know christmas Ooh, ale taste it's
1: very Christmassy.
0: yeah it's like really kind of heavy on those cinnamon <laughs> nutmeggy kind of yeah, flavors very
1: cinnamon very nutmeg
0: yeah that's that's a fine beer six months after we purchased it at which point it was already probably six months old yeah that's not bad nope that's way better than
1: i thought it was gonna be
0: i am pleasantly surprised yeah christmas at the Crick. you're all <sighs> right guy <laughs> you know what i'm talking about
1: so so go ahead and uh, go to that brewery buy that beer forget about it <laughs> yeah. and, buy a and beer. drink it later it's fine.
0: It and then just forget about it for half a year
1: oh yeah this was also in one of the little this is in a can that they seal up for yeah you. they
0: can them they the can crab was in a
1: crowler as yeah. they call it yeah which dave and i are always fascinated by the process of The Crowler.
0: Honestly, you know what? You want to watch one of the coolest how things are made kind of videos you'll ever watch? Is Look, there's a video on YouTube. You can see the invention of the aluminum can and all of the different considerations that had to go into it. Honestly, it's stupefying. All these look like the shapes, the way that it's curved at the top and the bottom and the crimp Mm. around. Everything is purposeful. It's super cool. Really, it's a feat Mm. of engineering. I'll have
1: to look into that. I'll have to watch that.
0: Maybe a mini goose chase uh, for another episode.
1: Maybe. Yeah. A little segment mini segment or something. Yeah. Um <clears throat> speaking of mini segments, mm-hmm. there were a couple things I was thinking of doing today and I kind of switched gears a little bit because I realized one of them is way too big and mm-hmm. it needs to just be its own fucking topic because right. it's really strange. So I didn't want to talk about it here. Um But another topic kinda another idea kinda fell on my lap. I've mentioned several times that I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups uh-huh. and uh, some of my favorites are podcast fan groups and one of them is an offshoot of the my favorite murder fan group yeah and uh, it has it's a theme it's a themed group but the biggest thing we all have in common is that we're fans of true crime and so we'll talk about kind of anything in there because it's a pretty supportive environment but a lot of times we'll ask for advice or talk about true crime or hey here's here's something going on near me that's real crazy and because we are all a very similar type of person in that we're fascinated by at least one of the same things of crime oh. um, we all kind of have this mindset of like wanting to solve a crime. So today a few examples came up and I wanted to talk about them because they were really like just kind of sweet. Okay. Um, Someone earlier today posted that she went to work and parked in her company's parking garage. And I believe she's in Texas. And realized Well, she she had noticed multiple times, because she always parks in the same place, Mm -hmm. up on the seventh floor of the parking garage, like not as many people park there, Mm -hmm. that the same car had been there for several consecutive days. And because she was curious and wondering if this person was just parking in the exact same place every day, or if the car had been abandoned or something... She took a post-it note and wrote a date on it and stuck it on one of the back tires as a little test to be like, all right, if it's still there, the next time I see it, then it hasn't moved. Yeah. And it was still there when okay. she went to work. So she posted, she shared this in the group and was like, should... I just wonder what's going on. Like, should I do something? And Could
0: it be a murder?
1: Yeah. Like, was someone kidnapped? Like, what's happening? Yeah. Um, so everyone had these theories and suggestions, and it was really funny. And later she commented and was like, oh, yeah, it just turns out the CEO's neighbor was in an area that um, he had the hurricanes yeah. happened and he had to relocate so he had purchased car there to get it out of danger of flooding and stuff. Makes sense. And now he's moving so yeah. he just hasn't gone and gotten his car yet because they're, you know, in the middle of doing a bunch of stuff. Okay. So she's like it wasn't as good as no. all the stories we made up. Um
0: reality sometimes is just straight boring.
1: Right. Uh and then another one someone reached out on the group was like guys I haven't Haven't seen my neighbor or her dog out in a couple days. I'm wondering what I should do. There was a lot of good sound advice there of like, hey, you know, maybe find another neighbor who's also concerned and, and go check on her or call the police to do a wellness check or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But in the comments, someone posted and said, were any of you guys in the original... My Favorite Murder fan group, like the main group, when um, Find Jim was going on. Oh, God. And oh God. a lot of us weren't. And we were like, wait, who's Jim? And what happened to him? Yeah. We have to know all the details. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it turns out that someone posted a similar thing. It was actually the poster's like boss's neighbor had not been around for a while and she was getting very concerned and so the poster mentions it in the group and a bunch of people gave you know kind of suggestions of like this is what your boss should do well it turned out that and and it became a thing like people were hashtagging like hashtag find jim i think someone made
0: t-shirts
1: like it, it was it got real weird
0: oh my god
1: it turns out jim went to florida And the family member was watching his house.
0: Dude. (laughs)
1: Like, we so badly want to solve a crime. Yeah, why are.
0: (laughs) What is it about us that (laughs) makes us so desperately want the saucier, more. You know, like. Well,
1: I think part of it is not even necessarily that. I mean, the part. I kind of thought it was all a little heartwarming. A lot of it was like general cons- like genuine concern uh, of like I have noticed this person hasn't been here. I'm getting a little worried from people who are also true crime minded and pretty aware of their surroundings. What do you think I should do? Like should I like interrupt this person's life possibly and check in on them? Should I alert authorities and in- and get them to check in? Like yeah. how should I handle this? Because we've become a society where we don't really bother people anymore. Yeah. We aren't necessarily as close with our neighbors, depending on where you live. If you live in the city, you don't always know your neighbors, even if you live very closely to them. So it's it's kind of heartwarming that people are still aware of things going on and and, and like, all right, is everything okay? Yeah. But yeah, the, the like... Mystery train gets the best of us in yeah. our imaginations. And and we all are like, well, maybe this happened. Maybe that happened. And
0: like, <clears throat> well, maybe you should do this. I actually feel like it's a common trope, too. Like, think <laughs> if you think about it, there's. I feel like there's been an awful lot of movies and sitcoms and things dedicated to the neighbors are going to crack a case. That, right. That isn't really much of anything. It, it's such a part of our nature that it, it's become a trope.
1: Right. This is what we do. I mean, we all know Reddit has occasionally solved a crime or two, you know? (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: And and that's very, the spirit of that is very much alive in these groups. And it just, it cracks me up. I just find it so cute and funny. Like, like, Jim was just in Florida. (laughs) And for the record, Jim was informed of this entire theory, conspiracy theory. Yeah. And conversation happening in a thread totally unbeknownst to him. And the fact that like t-shirts are made, he was told about it and was very amused by the whole thing sure so it it was like
0: or jim not really at his expense
1: (laughs) that person commented about did you guys hear about jim and everyone was just like do tell (laughs) (laughs) i must know yeah right um but yeah i just i love those groups for that kind of thing that we just were kind of kindred spirits in that way and just have that thing in common and it's nice on a place like the internet that can be so awful Yeah. and a lot of Facebook groups aren't immune to a little bit of awfulness here and there it's nice to be in a couple with kindred spirits that typically it's sheltered from the rest of the shitty stuff that is occurring yeah. and I can go on there and just like rant for a little bit and know I have like sympathetic people on the other side of the interwebs and I've got a couple groups I'm in like that and it's just real real nice to have a safe haven just find a little safe haven even if it's a little place on the internet yeah where no one you actually know in real life goes yeah sometimes that's all you need (laughs) yeah but I, I thought it was funny and cute and I wanted to share it
0: it is born out of this really sweet instinct to do good yeah, you know, like it's it's really not that it's silly. A
1: fascination with the darker aspects of life and a kind of sweet positivity of like wanting to help the people around you.
0: Yeah, it's great. <laughs> not bad, <laughs> <laughs> actually. You, you having said that, I kind of want to look through sometimes and see, uh, look through the history of the times Reddit solved something because there are a few noteworthy ones, and I would love to. Yeah dig them up in the museum of reddit and have a look
1: yeah maybe we'll do an episode about that one day
0: that would be a lot of fun
1: yeah i think it would
0: um but for now we're gonna take a little break and when we come (laughs) back we're gonna talk about the main topic for this episode
1: yeah and i'm gonna drink all of this six month old beer
0: seriously do it because if you don't i'm gonna drink it all we'll share it okay (laughs) all right we'll be right back in just a bit Have a main topic as we do every week, uh, and I would like if you would like to. I would like for you to. It would be great. I would be honored if you would uh, introduce the topic.
1: Oh, I was going <laughs> to let you keep going with that for no, as long if you, as you wanted. Because what I. But if you would, if you could. Because I. But I just thought that you might want to.
0: Either one of us could. But it, I just feel not that it. You know, I mean, I, someone
1: probably but should. They, it
0: could. There are. Under some circumstances, maybe it would be better. I, I, then again, I don't...
1: You're the best at that,
0: and I'm sure it's super annoying. Oh, people hate that. It's my favorite game. Just never get to the point.
1: You know, there was a time when it would have made me really angry. It has. Yep.
0: <laughs> it has distinct points in the past. Um, <clears throat> would you like to introduce the topic for this week? Sure.
1: Um... I don't know how to pronounce it, but I'll do my best.
0: I will say the name Gelly Robble.
1: Gelly Robble.
0: Probably more like Robble. Rabble. Robble. 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 Rabble. Robble Robble.
1: Robble Robble.
0: Yes. As the Hamburglar always says. Rabble. Robble. Robble Robble. Robble. Robble, Robble, Robble. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So. Gelly Robble.
1: <sighs> Our very good friend, Jen. Uh, We've mentioned her multiple times. And she gave us, at one point, a very long list of topics. And mm-hmm. so we're still working our way through those. The and... spoop
0: light came from that list?
1: Yeah. Um, the, there uh, was another one. The, uh, the
0: uh, uh, the uh, oh, God, what is it called? The boat. Yeah. The Ourang. The SS the Ourang, Ourang Madame. Yeah, so. Ourang the um, what?
1: We... <laughs> Who rang? The Oorang. That's what we called that episode. Yeah, I'm right. so happy about that. Um. So we've been trying to keep up on like if if people send us a suggestion to get to it pretty quickly and since she sent us so many we're slowly working down the list. Yeah. And this one came from her uh Gelly Robble.
0: Robble Robble.
1: Robble Robble. <laughs> <laughs> um I know very little about her. I know there's something about Hitler, which was the working title for <laughs> Something About Mary. That would
0: be a terrible working title. <laughs> <laughs> From well, the people who brought you, there's something about Mary. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> He's about to find out that being Führer isn't all it's cracked up to be.
1: For the people who brought you Springtime for Hitler. Mm-hmm. Something about Hitler.
0: It, wherein Hitler has a little, ends little up romp. With jizz in his hair, I guess. I don't know. Uh, who hasn't? it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <that's> terrible. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm
1: having too much fun thinking yes. about that.
0: Gelly Robble. Gelly Robble. There is some Hitlery stuff in here.
1: Robble Robble. <laughs> yes, yeah, basically, all I know is that there's loose, there's some kind of tie to Hitler, yeah. and it's interesting for reasons.
0: I'm gonna warn you right now to strap in for a kind of a sad one.
1: <clears throat> Ooh,
0: Although okay. once you heard well, I've Hitler, got beer, so once you heard Hitler, you probably already thought that. Um,
1: well, I didn't think it was gonna be a romp and riot.
0: <laughs> it wasn't gonna be a goof and a laugh. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, it could be,
0: but it's unlikely.
1: Yeah, probably not.
0: And in this case, wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So I will tell you about Geli Robble. She is, or was, the half-niece of Adolf Hitler. Okay. Uh, Born Angela, or Geli Robble. She was, um, let's see, his ward, basically. Uh, She lived with him from the years of 1925 to 1931
1: poor parenting choice. <laughs> well,
0: at this point Hitler isn't exactly Hitler yet or at least the world doesn't know. You know what I'm saying? This is thir- yeah, 25 like, to 31. I mean, didn't
1: the family of Hitler know? Weren't they like
0: I don't hmm? I don't think so.
1: Adolf some weird about him.
0: Yeah, well, I'm sure people thought there was something. We- I know people thought there was something weird about him. Mm-hmm. But still, i you know, you know, all all menace aside, uh, I think I think it, by the general public and probably by his own family, it was probably considered <clears throat> maybe an asshole. But that's about it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, this is again 1925
0: to 1931 is during his early political career, mm-hmm. and her late adolescence and into early adulthood. Um. There has been a lot of speculation about her as a person uh, and about her character, and a lot of mythology built around her. Uh, well, the source uh, that I'm going to cite so heavily here, and I'll get into that in a minute, um, uh, said that you know no story from the Nazi era had a more muddled relationship between fact and fiction. She, <laughs> she in particular, um, and her you know her relationship to her uncle and her. Uh, sort of what she was all about, all of it is so lost in legend that it still endures to this day. Um,
1: I know you had a hard time kind of weeding through exactly how to go about this and how to talk about it and what details to share and what not to share because it's pretty dense.
0: It's pretty dense and also I think that the order of the telling here really helps you appreciate Sort of, I guess, the dichotomy between the fact and the fiction, and um, you know, appreciating what really went on, uh, you know, against the perception of it. So, anyways, um, it's uh, it's worth saying. Basically, she was the eldest daughter of Hitler's half sister, who was also Angela Raubel. Um, uh, she uh, Geli was born June fourth, nineteen o eight, and died September eighteenth, nineteen thirty one. Okay. Uh, a bit about her, and this is where I want to start to flesh out what the, the historical sort of fiction or narrative <laughs> around Geli, right? Uh, the way she is described or remembered is some somewhat archetypical. Um, accounts of her as a young woman tend to fixate on her beauty, uh, her ability to freeze people in place, turn a lot of heads. More than one account portrays her as tall and stunning, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, weirdly enough, accounts of her specific appearance seem to be in dispute with each other, which I thought was really interesting. We have photos of this woman. Yeah. It's not debatable what she looked like. Right. But the people's historical accounts uh, maintain very different ideas for reasons that are probably apparent because Nazis. So... You know, some remembered her as a classical Aryan type with the can, full blonde hair and all of that, can right? Can
1: I just tell you what I immediately think she looks like in my head? Sure. Like Hitler, but more female. Um <laughs> No, really. No, um, yeah.
0: No, the thing is, you're not wrong.
1: Really? Yeah, I was it's thinking fucked up. <laughs> I was thinking dark hair. Yes. Not very long, but like short, maybe shoulder length. Yeah. But pale skin. Like, fair features, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, very much kind of like Hitler. Yeah. I did Lady not Hitler. think blonde, and I did not think blue-eyed.
0: No, well, that's the thing. I think that t- starts to tell you right there. When I say she, she's sort of an archetype as far as her, her the legend around her, this is what I mean. Because there's some people who specifically wished to portray and remember her as this Aryan beauty type. Yeah. Uh, other accounts and photographs, you know, support the the contrary: dark black hair, Slavic features, like just just not not at all that other thing. Yeah. Um, which is, I think, funny and amusing on some level, but also like very purposeful. Yeah. Um, the uh, I want I want to say as I go forward, I drew really really heavily on a single source. And I went through and sort of cross-checked claims and events and names and things that were mentioned in it. And everything came up clean. Okay. Uh, this A lot of what was written in this article was corroborated <laughs> elsewhere. Everything that I looked to find yeah. was. But I just thought this was such an incredibly useful source. So you can either listen to this or just stop right now and go read the article. <laughs> because... On some level,
1: to
0: you know, I, I obviously, I, I, you know, you listen to this so you don't have to read the whole thing because it's long right. as hell. But we do it. It's so comprehensive. So you
1: don't have to go read things. That's so boring. <clears> Why no. would you want to go do that?
0: Um, It's a 1992 Vanity Fair spread uh, entitled Hitler's. Oh, gosh, I'm going to forget the title now. I did write it at the end here. Uh, it was entitled Hitler's Doomed Angel. Is that right? Um yeah Hitler's doomed angel. Ooh. Uh really kind of a sad sad title and it's very reflective I think of reality. But this this article again 92 um very very descriptive. Um there was uh, it opens with a description honestly of uh someone who one of the last living people at the time who actually had ever met Gelly Ravel, right?
1: Okay.
0: Who uh, described her by saying that she this woman was walking down the street and she heard her singing mm-hmm. and she saw her and stopped dead. And she said she was so tall and beautiful that she just stared at her and said nothing. And that Kelly then said, you are you frightened of me? And this one said, no, I was just admiring you. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like a kind of a great anecdote, but it's part of this whole, it's part of this whole thing that is told about her, uh, the you know, posthumously, um, this mesmerizing quality is so often attributed to her that I think it's kind of impossible not to be a little suspicious of it, actually. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, we all know there are people who are very charismatic and who do walk into a room and command a room. Yeah. And obviously, Hitler had that thing. Yeah. So it, it doesn't strike me as too out of reality Mm -hmm. that she also could have had that kind of essence about her she could have had a very charismatic personality yeah she could have learned some charismatic traits by the people around her by being around him Mm -hmm. you know
0: well she starts to get you know sort of described as almost an enchantress (laughs) yeah is where i'm going with this is like these claims range from she was just stunning and, and jaw dropping to she had magnetism and mesmerization over everybody that came around her.
1: Magical powers.
0: Yeah. Right. Magical
1: mind melding it, powers. It starts
0: to fit this weird archetype that I think is yeah. is like larger than life in a lot of ways, and I feel like it's important to be a little skeptical of. Um, but it also like it seems to service. What I think is like the the after-the-fact Nazi narrative and the way that, you know, you know, basically anyone in power, especially fascists, remake aspects of their leaders and their inner circle and make them out to be like, you know, fantastical, glorious images bigger than themselves, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and also that people are cast in particular roles in those mythologies and for particular purposes, so I kind of want to. I just want to kind of cement that going forward. That there's that there's, this is part of the mythology this of narrative.
1: her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what we
0: what we what we can tell about her life as far as the you know the the, the base facts that are really important to her story. Um, and let's start a little bit about timing here. By the time that she is moving out, you know, moving in with her uncle to be his housekeeper, mm-hmm. right? It's 1925. So, so, sh-
1: so she's 25?
0: No. In 1925, she is 17 years old.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and importantly, in Hitler's life, this is the time just after he's released from prison. So he... In 1920, he starts working full-time for the German Workers' Party. A year later, he's the leader of the Nazi Party. Mm-hmm. By 1924, he's on trial for treason. <laughs> he's supposed to go away for five years. He gets out... Yeah, in nine months. Mm -hmm. Um, The first part of Mein Kampf is published right after this. So this is a really ambitious and highly active time period for him, but it's still in his early career. Um, He has a pretty developed political apparatus around him. That's why I think it's important to establish this, is that while this is like early prototype, like beginning Hitler... Not even really that far back, honestly. But it's it's early in his political career, and he has a machine around him.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, there's a political machine yes. already in place.
0: Uh, I think it's important to realize this to appreciate the significance of what follows. Is that he's already in command of a lot of devotees and a you know, spin machine. And you know political machine that's shaping people's thoughts about him and all of this, right? Uh-huh. Um, during this time that he is developing his political comeback... Is when he summons Geli and her mother, Angela, to move to Munich, which is where he's living. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, they move into the apartment building that he's in, in an apartment adjacent to his. And she begins to be his housekeeper. Right? mm mm-hmm. um, As he becomes wealthier and more powerful, uh, even within like the next year, he purchases a nicer apartment. Um, and sends her mother off for duty at his mountain <clears throat> retreat and then has her move in with him in an apartment where they each have their own bedroom okay but it's like weird right it's really weird um and the i fa- don't the-
1: like the sending of a Pondola. parent away yeah like i don't it, either i just eh.
0: It's very weird that he had them both come out to tend to his apartment and then sent her mom away to tend to a mountain retreat. It's like the equivalent of like putting someone away in Siberia, isn't it? It's like making a problem go away. I'm this is his half sister.
1: I'm weirded out by I'm just going to be weirded out regardless of who it is if it's an older man, not older, older, but a man He's who is an adult. 19 years older than her. Yeah, a man who was an adult, and then a very young woman, mm-hmm. and then the authority figures are sent away. Yeah. Like that, I don't like the smell of that.
0: Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. weird. And it, it, it's, you know, the descriptions of... Him and his niece are all very. It's a, It's described as a very patriarchal relationship, mm-hmm. and he dotes on her, and he's, you know, he he's basically got this sort of what as far as is described by everybody this sort of paternal swoon mm-hmm. over her, but he's also really really restrictive of her, and starts to be Almost really like
1: jealous. Yeah, very confining
0: of her time and the things she can do, mm-hmm. and the attention becomes more and more of a bit of a trap. And to the point where she can't just go out, you know, into the streets and shop without, you know, him sending a couple of goons to keep an eye on her. Well,
1: and that's like a, it's a thing you see in manipulative abusive relationships, whether it is a romantic relationship or a parental relationship or like a cult group kind of a relationship is they will dote or love yeah. bomb a person, mm-hmm. um, make them feel really great, yeah. and then they will use manipulative tactics yeah. of controlling them and...
0: It's like they feel like they've bought the capital with the love bomb right. to then be controlling. Because
1: they have. Because they have. I yeah. mean,
0: people it's will a, allow themselves to be controlled at that point.
1: It's a, It's the first step. Yeah, it's the first thing you do, is make someone feel like they are amazing, mm-hmm. and buy their trust, and then, um, you pick them apart. Yeah, because when you do that, it makes them feel like, okay, well, I was super amazing and everything was great, and now I'm not. I must be doing something wrong. Yeah, and so I trust this person, and they really care about me. Mm-hmm. I have to do what they tell me to do i have to do things the right way Mm -hmm. to fix it and to repair this relationship that's really important to me
0: yeah it's definitely a trap yeah and for her it's it's clearly a trap and and uh she sort of longs (laughs) to you know do other things and you know to go other places and she's
1: a young woman yeah
0: I, i mean it it the time that we reach the 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 sort of end of this part of her story it's it's like 1931 so yeah. basically 6 years worth of increasing reliance on him and control and you know res- restraint you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um she's hovered over she can't go in public she's she's controlled um her mother had told an interrogator at some point down the line that she had plans to get married and to leave.
1: That that her daughter did.
0: Oh yeah, yes. That's what I mean to say. That that Angela had said that Gelly had plans to marry and leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's reported that increasingly Gelly and Adolf argue and fight over this short window where where she's planning to do this, and the you know the apparatus of control gets tighter and tighter and. And they reach a point where their relationship is very, very strained. Mm -hmm. Then on September 18th, 1931, after what is reported to be, you know, a big argument, uh, Hitler leaves the apartment uh, for Nuremberg for a meeting and uh, reportedly as well has denied Galli permission to leave for Vienna. Right. The next day he's called back to Munich because she's been found shot through the lung with his pistol found beside her. Uh, It is ruled to be a suicide.
1: Mm.
0: The very next day.
1: Yeah.
0: uh, He's recalled. Could presumably have happened that night, but the next day he's called back. Yeah. So that's the facts on paper right that's the stuff that's that we know that's you know some of that is it would be in dispute by some people but uh, that's that's the stuff that is for the most part known no known, right known quantity um <clears throat> but from here is where the story gets weird and worse
1: mm-hmm. that's already shitty
0: it's already it's already bad it's already bad <laughs> it gets it gets a lot worse um, strap in, folks. Yeah, strap in for like a... I mean, this... It's going to be a depressing ride. It's going to be depressing. I mean, if you don't want to hear some really, really upsetting stuff, it, maybe skip this one. Yeah,
1: le- legitimately, like, if hearing really sad shit is going to make you feel really shitty, yeah. maybe skip this part of the episode.
0: Um, There is some debate about the nature of the relationship that existed between them. Mm-hmm. I think one side of this debate has more than demonstrated its evidence. I think having read as much as I have and the way that accounts come together, I think calling it a debate is is almost like saying nuh-uh is an argument. Yeah. That's really how clear I feel it is. Um, because as becomes reported by a lot of people, and as a lot of people talked about at the time, but a lot of this didn't make its way out to the press, but... Uh, Hitler's doting on his niece hits levels that many, many people find inappropriate.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But lots of people notice. Uh, Party leaders uh, complain that he's distracted from his duties all the time by the time with his niece. Others notice that he behaves like he's in love. Um, Everyone, you know, not everyone, a lot of people in the Nazi party and people around seem to have stories. One that I didn't write in my notes that was really odd, and I can't remember who it was who had reported it, was that they'd been to the opera where Hitler was at the opera with his niece, mm-hmm. and he was just staring at her, mooning over her, yeah. and then Hitler caught this guy looking at him and just went straight-faced and looked away. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, really, really disturbing, uh, and he and he must have been aware that people noticed, too. Yeah. Um, I don't want to whitewash this story. Like, I know there's a tendency for me to avoid, I kind of want, a part of me wants to avoid these details, but another part of me feels like that wouldn't be right either, or fair.
1: I think in this case, the details are important.
0: The the details are important. Um, (sighs) it's because, because this is, it gets particularly abusive. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there are really disturbing anecdotes that circulate about this relationship. Um, setting aside the particular kind of humiliation that seems to be Hitler's, you know, thing, mm-hmm. which everyone, who, I mean, who hasn't heard stories about Adolf Hitler and his weird kinks and all that or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the humiliation stuff and like wanting to be peed on and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Setting aside all of that, um, I mean... There's there's more. I mean, there's uh, a story from 1930 from someone named Putzi Hunstangel. Putzi hudvenstangel
1: Oh, you know, good old Putzi.
0: Good old Putzi. <laughs> um, I don't really know how to say his name. Who claims to have spoken to the party treasurer, uh, Franz Xavier Schwartz, about having bought back ransom materials from a blackmailer. Uh, someone was intending to blackmail Hitler. The okay. contents of those materials uh, included extraordinarily detailed nude sketches of Gelly. of Gally. It, it, with with like what someone described as every anatomical detail. Yeah. Um, and
1: we know Hitler was an artist.
0: yeah. Um, another story from Otto Strasser, who is a Nazi Party official, remembers being told specifically by Gelly herself stories of the particular kind of sexual practices that he made her perform mm-hmm. including just squatting over his face for inspection okay. and then being ordered to pee on him for his own pleasure at that point mm-hmm. it's so it's so upsetting because <sighs> it's so upsetting because it would be one thing entirely for it to be like, a illicit affair of some yeah. kind. That would be unsettling enough. But it becomes really clear she didn't want any part of this.
1: Right. Like, I don't kink shame. If, it, if you have a thing, you have a thing and that's fine. But in this case, there is obviously a party who was not willing. Right. N- not really wanting to be a part of it. And was. Yeah. um, Which is real fucked up.
0: When you couple this stuff least. with the fact that she was watched over and guarded over and not allowed to go anywhere and
1: it's it's super abusive, it's super manipulative. It's it's just very very bad.
0: Um I I just want I want to say that you know I really I didn't want to omit this stuff because I think it's relevant. Yeah. It speaks to a more specific character of abuse. Yeah. And it wouldn't be fair to give hitler a pass (laughs) under any circumstances you know i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to i mean i don't
1: think anybody does yeah well
0: right but but, but if i didn't mention it i feel like i would be
1: right no 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 um you don't you don't have to keep justifying why Uh, i know you're uncomfortable talking about this but Uh, you don't have to keep justifying why you feel it's important because i i think it is too um yeah, But ju- yeah, guys, just heads up, this is graphic stuff and it's very unsettling. And if that's something that's going to legitimately bother you, then...
0: Well, at this point it's too late. So I mean, we I gave them be- a
1: warning up top too. But like, yeah, this stuff is disturbing. Yeah. And that's, it's okay to be disturbed by it and to not want to talk about it. But sometimes it's important to talk about the horrible shit that people can and have done.
0: Yeah. Um, I just, I guess, I just wanted to mention because this, this really does suggest a caged woman in an abusive relationship. Yeah. And there's so many related allegations, uh, and they are all so consistent with each other. Mm-hmm. This is why I say I feel like one side has more than done its part. Right. Um, in compiling a lot of compelling, so it's
1: basically lots and, and lots and lots of accounts and other people going, but nah. Yeah. No, no, none of that is true. And,
0: and, and a lot of this is consistent with other, other women, right. too, that became, and, you know, well, part of...
1: Every time, like, this is a time period right now we're going through where a lot of allegations have been coming out. And every, every time that happens, there's going to be a few people, at least, who are like, yeah, 20 women are saying the same thing, but nah. I know. So, I... I get that there are still naysayers in this, but yeah, I, I feel like you've chosen the accurate representation here.
0: So this is where I'm going to take a slight, uh, not, a, not, a, not a turn or anything, but veer into a particular line of conversation, which is that it's important to know that this teary confession that she gave <laughs> um, to uh, to uh, Otto Strasser that I just mentioned.
1: Of it, the, the horrible uh, yeah. sexual things.
0: He's not the only person she talked to.
1: So she's trying to reach out, basically.
0: There are at least four people that were mentioned in this this article, right? I would be surprised if there weren't more. But there were at least four people who she spoke to in some proximity about her uncle. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything from, like I said, a, a really serious confession to things like, oh, he's just absolutely horrible but not saying why, right? Yeah. Sort of basically... She was in a really difficult position, and it seems like she couldn't keep quiet about things.
1: Well, it's it's something that makes me really sad, because it's something you do see in situations where someone is in an abusive relationship and are powerless or feel very powerless. Mm -hmm. Is that they're trying to get anyone to help them. Yeah. To understand the severity of the situation. And do something because they can't. Yeah. Or they feel like they can't.
0: Yeah. and In all likelihood, all the people that she talked to were people she just hoped were close enough that they might be able to do something.
1: Right. Right. Um, and it, it seems like nobody could or did.
0: Yeah. Um, so, basically, in short, I just wanted to say that it's not hard to see that this girl is both the object of affection and torture to her uncle. Mm -hmm. simultaneously both things and also becoming a liability yeah for you know for someone who is rising to you know the presidency for someone who is trying to climb that high
1: yeah well he he was a sadist (laughs) and she's starting to tell everyone around him yeah what he's doing
0: um so back to her death after she's found Mm -hmm. dead uh, local papers, uh, including a local anti-Nazi paper, are quick to take issue with the way that it's handled.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, this is really, I thought, this was really un- unsettling. She died on a Friday or Saturday morning, one of the mm-hmm. two, right? Uh, she is examined, whisked out the back steps of the coroner, and buried before the Monday papers can go to press. The whole thing is so quick. The turnaround is so quick. Remembering that you know Hitler would have arrived back, in town on Saturday, Saturday,
1: yeah,
0: and she was in the ground before Monday.
1: Yeah,
0: um, he issues a bunch of highly defensive statements. His own party starts sort of propagating reasons that she might have killed herself.
1: Did Did her mom even get to see her before
0: she was? Married? I would be highly surprised if she did.
1: I mean, that that's a, a thing that is disturbing for me. Is that he? Sure, he was kind of a guardian for her, but he was not her parent. No. He sent her parent away. Yeah. And this happens and he's making all the calls.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was all, well, you know, he's not only in a guardian position. He's a very, very powerful man to begin with. Yep. So those kind of things just happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I was I, I just feel like it, the, the way they handled it is so frantic that it seriously, it begs belief. I can't imagine this happening today in this way and no one thinking it was suspicious.
1: Right. I was going to say this kind of stuff has happened today, but everybody does think it's suspicious when it does happen. Yeah. You hear stories of a crime happening and no autopsy being done and it being rolled in an accident. And, you know, later someone is wanting to exhume the, the corpse because it was a little too suspicious.
0: Yeah. I mean, less than 48 hours. And she was in the ground. I mean, it's so stunning to me. Um, among the denials that Hitler makes uh, in response to claims people are making, he claimed he was not fighting with her when he left. Mm-hmm. He claims he didn't oppose her leaving for Vienna, but he also said he that she was never engaged and was, you know, not planning to go off to be married. And he claimed that she was uh, concerned about an upcoming vocal performance and that that was. What was the source of her stress or anxiety or whatever? Everyone finds this weird. I, Everyone finds this suspicious. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm sorry. Depression and suicidal ideation yeah. works in weird ways. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to downplay that. But knowing, you know, from our perspective, knowing what we know now about the situation, mm-hmm. dealing with everything she's dealt with, yeah. It doesn't seem likely that stress over a vocal performance would make her commit suicide.
0: Right. Uh, it's It just doesn't add up. It's actually yeah. even in conflict with some of the things his party is saying at the time. Yeah. This is where this is where the thing hits for me the crescendo, the peak of the story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, it's, of course, this is a microcosm. It's the other thing about this story is this is... I mean, this is one... Possible of many, many, many deaths that Hitler is known to be responsible for, right? Yeah, but it's it's a beginning. It's like an origin story. It's almost this villainy kind of thing. It has this like like literary level tragedy to it. Yeah. Have from you the watched, outset?
1: Have you watched Jessica Jones?
0: Uh, no, no we we watched like one episode i think or no 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 we didn't no 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 we did i
1: i watched it by no, myself i, haven't I don't watched know it. if you did um i don't want to give spoilers for anyone or for you but i for no real reason um hitler in this story and this kind of relationship is just drawing uh, a parallel to me between Jessica Jones and a character usually regarded as the purple man in okay. the comics um but yeah that is just drawing a parallel <laughs> just wanted to point that out i don't know exactly why it is but there are some major reasons why it is but the details aren't necessarily in line with it
0: okay um yeah so i want i want to talk a little bit about press reaction and i want to talk a little bit about the immediate aftermath of this the scandal and intrigue that is obviously apparent to us today that popped up yeah this was not not talked about it was the talk of all the local papers mm-hmm. uh, headlines declaring the whole thing scandalous referring to her as hitler's lover mm-hmm. which when you think about that that's kind of, that's kind of shocking that that was part of the development right and that thing and that and that it didn't stop him
1: yeah that enough people were like this was weird she was like his lover
0: yeah um People's, you know, I don't know that it was printed in headlines, but I know that it was talked about that people were very suspicious that it was murder. Mm-hmm. Um, the papers alleged, I think correctly, that the nature of their relationship had become detrimental to her. That that was that that, that was the reason. Papers were making those allegations at the time. Uh, and like I said, whispers of murder and then nothing. It this, goes away.
1: Well, this is similar to what we talked about with um, the the Black mausoleum mm-hmm. is some the people with the power get to control the narrative
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, if you have the power and the money, you can silence people
0: That's the big thing that people happens. silence and money is that the, at this point the part the, the, the party threatens papers with lawsuits and then they stop
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the story just dies. I mean, the apparatus around Hitler that is there at this time works. Uh, the spin kills this thing. Yeah. It's so astounding to me how how well it worked. That said, and I want to give a shout out to this journalist in the story. His name is Fritz Gerlich. Fritz Gerlich. Like garlic. <laughs> I
1: guess. But not.
0: <laughs> um um he is one of the very few journalists who relentlessly pursues this story. I think it's kind of fascinating. Um, the article, again, that I read um, suggested that Fritz Gerlich realizes that this is not – that this is highly consequential, that this is not a one-off thing. Yeah, um,
1: that it says something about Hitler as a person. Yes,
0: that it has implications for the future. He refuses to personally let this story die. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: He's Again. like the journalists you see in TV shows and movies, often like the detectives you see in TV shows and movies where this is this is their big case. Yeah, right. They can't let it go because there's injustice. You're not gonna let him get away with this, are you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why he's like a noir detective, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's how I see him, honestly. Um. The He pursues the story for two years.
1: Ooh.
0: Two years. He has sources. Um, there's people that talk to him, and he and all those people are dealt with. Uh, yeah. His sources are killed. Other people that spoke on you know the story were killed. He is whisked away to Dachau in 1933 and killed on the night of the long Knives. Ugh. Just as he was about to publish an expose yeah. Which the world will never get to read now. I mean, he'd done the work. Yeah. And I feel like he's really worth mentioning. People um,
1: silencing money.
0: It's really scary. Um, and it speaks to also, I think, the value of the work that the press do. And mm-hmm. the passion in people like that to pursue something that they know is Right. This, yeah. guy, this guy paid the price for it. And and in f- fact, his bloody glasses were mailed to his family after the fact. Ugh. In what I think... A w- warning. It's a very scary message.
1: Um, I think it's something we forget about a lot these days because so much of journalism is clickbait articles and listicles and BuzzFeed and... Yeah. journalism in quotes. Yeah, it seems cheapened and lessened, but there are still people out there who are passionate and are on the right side of things and and do really try to do good journalism. And sometimes that ends badly. And, I mean, still today, sometimes that ends really badly. But kudos to those people for... For being on the right side of things and being passionate and wanting to do the right thing and wanting to expose the people, yeah, doing the wrong things.
0: Uh, and so I guess this this is bringing me towards my conclusion. I'm gonna try to wrap this thing up. And okay. it's I it's tough because this is this is um. There's a lot of things to talk about here. I guess mm-hmm. uh, I would say again. I want to say first of all, I would have nothing to talk about if it was not for the article that that Ron Rosenbaum and I wrote his name down published in in April 1992 in Vanity Fair this Hitler's doomed angel article.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there are all of these parts of the story exist in other places, but I don't think I could have found anything more comprehensive uh, that did a better job of tying. You know, stories, anecdotes, key players, all these concurrent events together.
1: Hey, we're not here to be journalists or say that we're journalists.
0: <laughs> I'm We're here full to credit. talk
1: about stuff so you guys can listen to it <laughs> and not have to do the research yourselves. But we're lazy. Yeah. <laughs> if we find a good source that has done all the work, we're going to use that. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we want to give credit where credit is due. So his name again was...
0: His name is Ron Rosenbaum.
1: Ron Rosenbaum and the article is Hitler's doomed angel. Yes. So if you um, you guys want, I know there's a lot of stuff that Dave is leaving out for time purposes. Yeah. So if you want more details and and yeah. uh, we would encourage you to go read the article.
0: A good half of that article deals with the the at the time what was an upcoming plan to. Uh, restructure the cemetery that Gelly was buried in, mm-hmm. and a lot of the older graves were going to get put into essentially a mass tomb. And it was their last chance at exhumation to examine her for evidence. Ooh. And this I. This is in, in
1: 1992, in this is happening?
0: Yeah, so this is long past. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were very resistant to the opening of the tomb, and there were reasons. I think, in particular, they cited <clears throat> the, the anxiety around the idea that. If Gelly was to be exhumed and then buried somewhere else, that her gravesite might become essentially like a shrine for neo Nazis, and they yeah. were very reluctant to allow that to happen. Um, so, what I want to say about what I want to say about this is that th- th- this ultimately became, in reading this, a question of whether Gelly shot herself mm-hmm. or whether she was killed in order to be silenced, uh, and. I know that on some level, this is ultimately probably unanswerable, but it only feels fair to apply a reasonable standard of probability Mm
1: -hmm. to this.
0: You know, what likely happened. Um, A lot of people call this an unsolved mystery. I think that's way too charitable. I think too many people have died or been silenced or threatened throughout the course of the development of this. Uh, to keep the official story on the matter afloat. Yeah. It just all of the circumstances around it. Um, it just seems like it would be a disservice to Geli to treat this like anything other than a pretty obvious murder and cover up.
1: Well, and also statistically, let's talk about a couple things. Generally, if women are going to commit suicide,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, they most of the time don't use guns. Mm-hmm. They don't use guns. Yeah. Um, they tend to do things like take pills yeah. or, you know, do, do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, also if you're going to take your own life with a gun, shooting yourself in the lung probably isn't the way you're going to do it.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Um, it's painful. It's drawn out. It's not the way you want to go. Yeah, right. It's not the way most people would choose to do it if they're going to use a gun, I think. So, yeah. um, just logically and statistically, probably
0: not likely. Yeah, I think the same. It just It's, it's suspicious for a lot of reasons. That would be an additional one of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I wanted to say in researching this, I felt really, really horribly for this woman. Um, the more you read of her story, the worse it gets. Yeah. Um,
1: I can I can tell you're very affected by this. It was
0: it was depressing. <laughs> it's yeah. still depressing. I mean, the thing is the the words that I f- was left with to describe her were trapped, and manipulated, and shamed, and frightened, and isolated, and humiliated. Um. And I just think there aren't enough words for the kind of sadness of the life that she lived. Yeah. Um,
1: you, you and I are both very empathetic people.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think reading and hearing about stories like this really affects us. Yeah. Because we can really kind of imagine what that feels like. Yeah. Um, it's difficult. It's super difficult. And I do think it's really important because there are people that are going through things like this today. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I mean, obviously not by Hitler, but right. specifically, yeah. but um, they're feeling trapped yeah. and manipulated yeah. and abused and humiliated. Yeah. And it's just very difficult to confront. And I would encourage anyone who's in a relationship, like, feeling like that. Or anyone, if you know someone who you feel like is in a relationship, feeling like that, um, do something.
0: If you tell people. Do something. Tell if you people. Tell enough reach people, out. If you tell enough people, you will you will find someone who believes you. With any luck, it will be the first person you tell. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't Don't keep silent on things like this, you know. Yeah, um, I think, keep I think quiet it's an for important. A lot
1: of I think it's an important topic, and and there is help, and there are people you can reach out to, and um, just just reach out. You are not powerless, and there is help for you. And please, this has turned into like a PSA, but I know. but please reach out. It's an important topic because this stuff still happens, and uh. It's very sad to think of someone who very much was not even in the prime of her life. Mm -hmm. Um, What, in her 20s?
0: She was 23.
1: 23. When
0: she died.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, for at least six years was under the power of someone who controlled a lot of her life. And that's that's very, very sad. Especially thinking of the fact that it, it sounds like... She had't out. She thought she had' an out. you know, she was engaged or you there know might have been away. trying to get out of the situation.
0: So I want to circle back and wrap this up where I started. I want to talk about roles and archetypes mm-hmm. one more time. Um, I think people in history invariably get cast into roles and types and things we can digest. Uh, I think in some cases it helps us understand their movements in the world or their intent or the the different vectors along which they travel, right? Like having roles and and narratives like that helps us start to understand complex people in a simple way, right? Mm -hmm. But in other cases, I think these roles are deliberately placed on people to shape perception or cast off the suspicions of others or justify who won and who lost mm-hmm. all these different things. Right. And I can't help, but think that all the way back to where we started with this, the image of her that persisted and that I think some people there, I mean, there are still, there are still like, you know, pro Nazi historians and stuff. There are still people telling the pro Nazi yeah. story. Um I don't know if you can really call them historians, but whatever. There, there are people telling that yeah, story. and there are
1: Holocaust deniers. And...
0: Yeah, and they still, you know, discredit this woman. They still put this role of enchantress on her, like this uh, witchy woman thing. Yeah,
1: and that's what I was going to say. It's a very victim blamey thing.
0: It, Yeah, it just seems like it's an attempt to nullify and discredit, you know, the... Yeah. the Minimize hum- her struggle the the humanity of a woman whose purpose ran out, and yeah. so they got rid of her. That's what it feels like. And um, <clears throat> she she I, was
1: like you said, becoming a liability.
0: Yeah, and I, I can't. I, I wrote here. I can't help but think of what a shame it is to attribute some kind of a magical power of seduction, or you know, all of this to a woman who went. From being a willing participant in the affections of her uncle to the tragic object of his abuse and his violence. I can't help but think how sick it is to put that on her like she like she controlled or bent him or possessed right. him and not the other way around. And I think we have to be really careful when we see these roles applied to people, including to today. And to be suspicious of attempts to translate someone from... You know, a rich and human being with depth, to a simplistic and reductionist archetype of a person,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I think that's, I think that's something people are still trying to do to her, and I guess that's my takeaway from this is that we should be really, really careful what stories we buy.
1: I agree. Um, my takeaway is that I didn't know I could hate Hitler more. <laughs> But I do. Yeah. If um, you didn't
0: already hate Hitler enough, boy <laughs> did you just you go. boy did you just get a big dollop of Hitler hate.
1: I mean there are so many reasons to hate Hitler.
0: Just more now. There's
1: just more. Now there's just more.
0: Uh yeah. This was this I mean I uh, first of all, if you're listening to this and you're bummed out, I'm sorry. I'm also bummed we out. We
1: are also bummed out. <laughs> I
0: I don't I you know what, that's the thing is I I, I didn't know where this was going. Mm-hmm. And so I followed it, and this is where it took me.
1: Yeah. You know, we don't know anything about these topics until we start researching them. Yeah. And some, not every episode is going to be goofy and funny. And sometimes it's important to give things their due credence. Yeah. And this is one of those times, you know, we, we joke around where we can, but... I do feel very strongly about this stuff. Yeah. This kind of abuse and manipulation and control is something that enrages me.
0: It feels incredibly fucking timely.
1: It is what very are the timely. odds?
0: What are the odds? I mean, we didn't know this was going here.
1: Yeah. Um it's very timely and it's very important to talk about and to be very honest about. Yeah. So, I, not every episode is gonna be a laugh, right? I think that's okay.
0: yeah, me that's too perfectly I, fine. I want to this... say I'm glad we I want to say I'm glad we talked about this one. Yeah. I'm glad it was on the list
1: it And feels again, important. Jen, thanks for you know, wanting to know more about the topic. We yeah. didn't without people giving us suggestions we wouldn't have known about it and i think it's important that we talk about this yeah so i'm really glad that she brought it to our attention Mm -hmm. um please guys if you have anything you want us to research for you honestly let us know
0: even things you think you might know something about because as i am continuing to find there's stuff under the hood
1: and we always find an angle yeah we always find an angle it's always something we didn't expect. There's always a story. Because when you dig a little bit deeper,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, there's always something to find.
0: Again, so. I want to give all the credit in the world to to, to uh, Ron Rosenbaum. Right? Or is it uh, Rod or Ron? Ron Rosenbaum. I want to give all the credit in the world to, to Ron Rosenbaum. Thank
1: you for the comprehensive and well written article. No.
0: This is less my research and more just having the ability to appreciate the significance of what happened here. And it's yeah. implications for us today.
1: Yeah. So the, this is a heavy episode guys. But <laughs> may, maybe next yeah. week we'll purposely choose a topic that's a little bit lighter. Uh, let's but
0: talk about bunnies. Let's
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about bunnies and how much they do it.
0: Ooh. Yeah. sex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next next week, join us for bunnies. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that.
0: Um, but as always, thank you very much for listening. This has been a very depressing episode.
1: Hey, you of know Coos what? Chase, we're in this together.
0: Uh huh. We're
1: gonna sit in the grief mm-hmm. for you know this episode, and yeah. then we'll move on. We'll carry on. <laughs> It'll be okay. Ah. Uh, we'll so- live our lives. But sometimes life sucks. Sometimes shitty things happen to good people. Sometimes good things happen to bad people. And sometimes we have to fucking deal with this shit. So So we're here dealing with it with you guys.
0: So go out there and get an ice cream and have a real nice evening. And we'll see you next week with another episode of Goose Chase.
1: Goose Chase. Now I want ice cream, Dan.
0: Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. You've
1: been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com.
0: If you have any topics you would like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com.
1: Want to go on a goose chase?
0: Yes.